0: welcome back to your favorite scary movie my name is cam and today with me we have a very special guest Uh, the woman who introduced me to horror and also introduced me to this world. Uh, Please welcome my mom, Karen. Mom, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for being here. So, Mom, what's your favorite scary movie?
1: Well, as you well know, my favorite scary movie of all time is The Exorcist.
0: I did know that. I do recall uh, many a conversation that we've had about the exorcist what makes the exorcist so scary the exorcist is known widely for being one of the if not the scariest movies of all time it had a major cultural impact it had a major impact on uh horror movies and it had a major impact on the film industry as a whole Mm -hmm. you actually had the uh this privilege of seeing it in theaters when it came out in 1973 do you remember that night that you went to go see it in theaters
1: oh absolutely um very clearly, and it wasn't at night. It was the first showing of the first day that it opened at the mall. So just to set the stage a little bit, okay, I was always a fan of horror movies, but horror movies when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 were um, like the Hammer movies that would just happen to come on late at night. there was no other way to see movies other than if it just happened to come on. So it was like all those Vincent Price movies. Of course. um, Monster movies, The Werewolf, uh, or my personal favorite, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that was the level of horror. I'd stay up late at night when everyone else was in bed and I just loved being scared. When The Exorcist came out, that was a, um, you know, that was a life changer. When I had heard that people were leaving the theater because it was so scary, people were passing out because it was so scary, I could not wait. So I went, I was probably 15, mm-hmm. and I went with two friends uh, one left about uh, about forty five minutes into the movie. One just walked out, and the other I don't think she ever took the sweater off of her eyes. But um, I didn't know what to expect, and and it's so funny because when I think about it, not knowing what a snuff movie is, there was something about that I thought it was going to be something like like really. Um, perverse right like like what twisted thing did they do that people are actually passing out mm-hmm. and of course when it started and it starts in in uh, northern iraq yes. in an excavation you know an architectural dig
0: and by the way i guess for those who don't know you probably do it is a real location that is yeah. a real um archaeological yeah. research location right. in iraq
1: yeah right right And so when it opened there, I had no idea, like, what is this movie about? What's it going to be? And then, of course, it goes to Georgetown. And a real movie, a real story, a very logical, well-acted, well-told story begins to open up. And I got pulled in to the story, so much so that I started to forget that this is a horror movie. Um, But one of the things that I find so scary about it, and did at the time, and still do, is is that it's based... In real life, it's based in the way people really act, what people would really do. And when this little girl, when you first see her, of course, she's like innocence personified. Of course. So much so that it's a little like she acts more like a five-year-old than a 12-year-old. But Mm -hmm. nonetheless, you have to see the sweetness and the innocence so that you can then see, you know, how horrible and vicious that she doesn't even swear. And then she's, you know, telling Telling <laughs> Father Karras that his mother sucks sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it comes out of nowhere. I mean, that kind of language was not even used in movies. It's not
0: even used in movies now. That's true.
1: <laughs> That's true. She says some pretty horrific things. I mean,
0: it is. Yeah, it is a shocking film. And yeah. And what I love about it, too, is I remember growing up, you know, there was like scare videos and people would send scary images to each other a lot of them were from the exorcist a movie that came out in 73 and we're talking about videos are being shared in like you know 2006 right a lot of the the films we do talk about on this podcast um we we primarily people uh, tend to bring ones that stand the test of time. And I and I say mm. that continuously. You know, this movie really stands the test of its time. It's still scary. It's still entertaining. It's still important. But this movie really, truly is the perfect example of a movie that stands the test of time in so many different ways. Right. The acting, like you said, is really, truly, uh, it's rooted in reality. You, you feel like you know these people. Right. One of my favorite scenes, completely non-horror, is um, in the beginning where reagan and chris her mother are she's talking her into bed yeah and she asks if um is it burke she said burke is her boyfriend yeah she asks if like burke is coming over and if if she's gonna marry burke and it's so real yeah it's so real right they really seem like mother and daughter right it's this really sweet really funny scene and I think it makes the situation so much more dire and so much more grave right. because you care about these people and you can and it you can kind of feel their anguish and their you know anxieties and their fears because they're not just vessels for a horror movie they're not right. just vessels for jump scares the way that so many horror movies use their characters right. These are very real people, right. And I guess going off that too, another really interesting thing that you pointed out to me prior to recording was the way that they handle the situation initially when things first start to go wrong. Right.
1: Right. So yes, exactly. So, you know, what would a mother do if her daughter said that her bed is is moving and Mm -hmm. she can't sleep because her bed keeps shaking? Her mother takes her to um, first you know medical doctor and they're doing a series of blood tests which was not in the original that whole now we saw the director's cut yes, recently we, we, yes. and um, the director's cut I I love even more because it does have that whole sequence of medical interventions where she's getting blood tests and they're you know looking at that sort of thing see nothing wrong then she goes into the second half of the medical, with you know, getting the cat scans and you know, brain scans and mm-hmm. and like trying to find some that what the doctors theorize is there must be something in the front of the neurological yes. disorder. Yeah, yeah. And then he looks at the. You can see the reflection in his glasses. I love of that the, shot. The, yeah,
0: it's the beautiful shot where they're looking at the CT scans. Yes, and it kind of like rolls up on the screen. The whole screen yeah. is covered, and then it pulls out, and you can see the doctor looking at right. it. With the CT scans in the reflection of his glasses. Yep. And, and, you know, medical intervention and, you know, medicine and and seeing the little girl go through all of these tests, although it's not, has nothing to do with this, necessarily nothing to do with the supernatural aspects of the movie, really terrifying. It's really terrifying. Really uncomfortable.
1: Because because it's saying there's something wrong with my daughter and we have to figure out what it is. You know, I mean, of course, maybe today it would, they would jump right to there is a demonic possession. But like, yeah, in a, in a film, in mean, reality, not in, yeah. ma- <laughs> yeah, 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 not right, in a medical in office. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, That's yeah. the,
0: and, and even when the idea of the exorcism comes up, it's not, well, I guess our last resort is there must be mm-hmm. a demon. It's they believe that this is a hallucination. Right. And that although exorcisms aren't real, although demons aren't real, this will convince her enough that they are expelling this quote unquote demon from her body, which will maybe help subdue her hallucinations. Right.
1: They're saying that it's a a matter of um, just, you know, a A, a uh, coercion or persuasion. Persuasion. Exactly. If we just make her believe that she's possessed, then maybe we can do this, but of course she wouldn't really be because this is 1974. Of course. These kinds of, Thor 73, these things yeah. don't happen. Um, but yeah, so when the doctor, when the doctor's looking at her cat scans mm-hmm. and says, you know, it's no uh, no marks on the frontal lobe, yep. There's, everything is clean, she's completely normal, we can't see what's wrong with her, we can't figure it out. And it's not until the doctors come to the house and actually see her yes, flying off of the bed screaming. Yeah. And they really have, they're speechless. They don't know what to say. And so of course, naturally they start thinking about, well, maybe we need to do another series of scans. Maybe we need to do this, that, and the other thing. And the mother's like, did you see that? Did yes. you see this? Don't tell me this is something in her mind. But the other thing I like too, is that the fact that the, the devil, the demon chose Reagan seems mm-hmm. so random. Yeah. Like why this kid? And if it could be this kid, it could be me, which is, of course, when I left the movie theater is oh. what kept me up at night why I couldn't turn the lights off because if her why not me she didn't do anything yeah she didn't deserve this but um, I like that there is just enough vulnerability in that family mm-hmm. that like something evil could have made its way in yeah because the father and the mother have di- have seemed to have a nasty divorce right. so there was that riff Reagan heard her mother on the phone with her father saying it's her birthday and you're not going to show up and she's waiting for you and they're in Georgetown living. This isn't their home. They're living there because the mom's on a movie. Mm-hmm. So she's a an actress, a yes. big actress. And so she's living here, which is when the, the scene that you pointed out about the director, She's that's who she's talking about. When Reagan says, aren't you marrying him? You know, she says it coyly, but she's afraid because she, doesn't, she already doesn't have her mother enough. Right. Because she's always off doing movies. And so there's just enough opening in that house for something evil to get in
0: well she's alone and she's alone in that basement um playing games and toying with things and she finds the ouija board that's right and if and if perhaps maybe she was you know better supervised if she had her father who you know maybe cared more about her or her mother who you know worked less or a a a caretaker who was a little bit more um i guess diligent with her with her supervision she wouldn't have played with this Ouija board and wouldn't have maybe opened some kind of um, access for uh, the demon. The demon who... who, We don't know how it got there, why it's there. We don't know why. You know, we just don't know. Of all people, I love how how you put that. Of like all people, this is probably one of the least assuming. Right. She had nothing to do with the uh, archaeological dig. Right. She has nothing to do with the Catholic Church. She has nothing to do with this ancient mesopotamian religion for which this demon comes from right it's a kid yeah it's a it's a kid and her actress mother in the united states yeah
1: it was a like a random choice almost
0: but it's a perfect choice because yeah. what could be more disturbing than a little kid a sweet little girl yeah being possessed by this vile degrading cruel being right
1: supernatural um strength yes right i mean he like whacks the mother across the Mm -hmm. room you know says horrible vile things um of course you know the infamous cross scene
0: yeah oh yeah yeah that's um that is something yeah and, and and yeah i i so i don't know too much at least not firsthand about what the reaction from the public was um after this film is released i know i know generally from what i've read and what i've seen there was some upset but you know for the most part i mean it is one of the highest grossing films of all time but from what you witnessed firsthand what were people saying about things like that
1: oh well i think people like religious people were appalled i mean you can just imagine the more you know conservative religious people seeing the cross used in that way and um, even just the idea that uh, um, you know of the things that she was saying, but it's fundamentally about good versus evil, which is why they have the you know the desecrations in the church, and you know the what's going on with that priest, Father Caris, who is a priest. And a psychiatrist.
0: That's great. Yeah. And
1: he is questioning his faith. He's losing his faith. He doesn't feel like he's fit to be a priest anymore. And then he's the one who's called upon to do the exorcism. Um, he actually volunteers to do the exorcism. And he's vulnerable too because even when he's trying to to do this procedure to help this little girl, he's being sucked into the games of the devil because the devil's using the voice of his recently deceased mother, who he feels very um, guilty about. Mm -hmm. He feels like he's responsible for her death. um, And the devil's playing games with him. And I love when the the exorcist the one that the priest who's in iraq who's going to come now and actually perform the exorcism and when he shows up and father Kara says to him um let me give you a background there are several personalities that i'm seeing and the father says there's only one yeah and like that's it he doesn't need to know anything else he knows Mm -hmm. what he's facing because he's done it before
0: yeah um and and uh, to patch up a little bit, you mentioned the mother. And I think that is a really interesting aspect of the film is Father Karis has this elderly mother who he's trying his best to take care of. He doesn't want to leave her alone and so he puts her in I guess what he thought was going to be a sort of convalescent home. It turns out it was a
1: mental institution. institution. That was her brother who did that. Oh the Yes. Father Karras showed up and the mother had been put into that that institution. Yeah. Right. And he and the brother is saying, if you basically if you had been a doctor, you would have enough money to take care of your mother and put her in a nice place. But instead, you're a priest, so you have no money, and this is where your mother has to go.
0: And of course, subsequently, uh, I guess he he does take the mother back. Yeah. And they find her a few days after right. dead in her right. apartment. Right. And this is eating him up. Yeah. Um, questioning his faith, and the demon. Exploit this, exploits this, yeah. and assumes the voice and the sort of mannerisms of his mother, yeah. and you know calls to him, blaming him for her right. death. Right, yeah. Very clever, very unnerving. Yeah. Um,
1: and what you would expect a devil to do? Of course, right. Of course, to play on those fears. And, you know, he's using that voice, Davey,
0: why you do this yeah. to me? And he's
1: actually sitting there at one point look, looking like the mother.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And it, uh, it freaks him out. And it freaks him out and he's telling him, you're not my mother, you're not my mother. And, and the priest that's performing the exorcism says, don't engage, right. stop, don't engage.
0: There's a sequence I absolutely love. Uh, this is prior to the exorcism as well. But you can't help but think that maybe there is some sort of um it is sort of a precursor to that scene where he sees the mother in the demon is when he sees the mother in his dream. It's yeah. this really um the word I'm looking for. It's this very surreal dream sequence. He's yeah. he sees his mother emerging from a subway and he's trying to scream for her, but it, his voice is, you know, muted. Yeah, A dream that I have all the time. It's, I think yeah. it's a pretty common dream. And she comes up from the subway and she kind of looks longingly towards him. Right. And then she backs back right. down the subway stairs before he can get he to can her. get to her, yeah. It yeah. is really, it's a really interesting scene. It's not a scene that I think you would expect out of this film. It's really kind of beautiful and poetic, but it's still very unnerving. It is not only unnerving,
1: but... The fact that there is no sound other than his breathing, yeah. like the way people breathe when they are sleeping, that kind yeah. of like.
0: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you hear that in the background. Yes, and of course, every time right. I hear that, I think of that scene.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It is that. It is that very distinctive, like, um, kind of quick, uh, uneven breathing breaths that yeah. you have as you're sleeping yep. and as you're dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is really interesting. And you hear that.
1: And the other scene that's so creepy yeah. is the one where he <laughs> records her with yes. the voices. Yes. And then he is playing them back and there's another priest there saying this is actually English backwards. Correct. And yeah. so when he plays it backwards, you hear you know, we are nothing. We are nothing.
0: Ah. Yeah.
1: But it's all backwards. Yeah. It just sends shivers up my spine. And
0: you see that used over and over again in, in horror movies. Yeah. Since that is so, so common. And it's always, it's a, it's a really effective scare yeah. to me. Yes, it's it is. very creepy. It doesn't need much. But just the idea that, you know, that um, has this ability to do things that don't necessarily mean anything. Yeah that it doesn't have to do it. It's not really causing any direct harm, but it is so disturbing and frustrating and confusing. It's it's kind of I think sort of just a a show of power.
1: Right. This demon.
0: Yeah. You know, in and, and with the with turning into the mother speaking English backwards. Right. Its ability to move, its strength. Right. Um even and, and this is a really interesting little moment that I love and it's almost one of the very very few slightly funny moments yeah. in the film is when um, Reagan is strapped up to the bed. Yeah. Uh, possessed. And the demon opens the dresser drawer. Right. It's so subtle. And like I'm saying, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. But it's just a kind yep. of like little F you to the priest. Yeah. Like.
1: Oh, yeah. And he, to go even further with the F you, the priest closes the door and he said, did you do that? And yeah. she goes, yes. yes. <laughs> and he goes, do it again. And he yes. goes, in time. Yes. No. Now, in time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you like that voice?
0: Yeah. I love the voice. That's <laughs> actually not bad. I was thinking, you know, considering
1: it's not bad. Well, of course, you know, which brings us to the other point of of all of this is that, not, of course, there's no CGI. These are all. This is all makeup and effects yeah. and mechanics. Yeah. And you know, from her floating up off the bed. To her, you know, the writing that just yeah. kind of appears on her stomach yep. pops up. Help me, um, you know. Of course, the famous head spinning mm-hmm. completely around, you know, and it looks pretty good.
0: It looks fantastic. It yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, it's comparable to you know a lot of what you would see today. It's not really dated necessarily. Um, the makeup looks great, and the makeup the makeup on Reagan there was old age makeup on Father Karis. Yeah, um, the of course one of the one of the most Notable scenes is the um vomit, scene, yeah, yeah, which was used with like thickened pea soup. Exactly, everyone, everyone sort of knows right. that. I right. love, I I think I must have known that fact before I'd even seen the movie. I'm right. sure you told me that as a like, young kid. Like, they used pea soup to create this throw up, and they, um, it, it I think I remember hearing something about they used they tried to use Campbell's soup, uh-huh. they didn't like it, so they have Anderson's pea soup, and Anderson's <laughs> pea soup is the only thing that worked. That's very funny. Um, apparently, when there was a it was sort of like a tube mechanism that shot the uh soup out project projected projected yeah. the soup out onto father karis yeah and it wasn't supposed to hit him in the face oh really that was apparently it wasn't supposed to hit him in the face it was supposed to hit him in the chest but it misfired and it hit him right in the eye yeah so when he kind of jumped back yeah and then slowly took off his glasses yeah, yeah. and wiped it yeah that was a real reaction yeah and apparently from again from only from what I've read though he was quite angry oh, that really? they misfired and it shot him in the face but what it, it was one take and that in it that was take effective. was really effective yeah. and probably you know is is now regarded as one of the most famous um scenes in the history of horror right. so there you go right
1: i uh, i like when you leave reagan uh looking pretty battered kind of you know beaten up she's now been through quite a transformation. Her mother yes. is also going yeah. through a transformation. She starts out really fresh and beautiful looking. And like by the end, she is just a wreck. Yeah. Dark circles under her eyes and her skin's pale and she's a mess. Um, and, then you you come to the house. I think it's when they're bringing the uh, the doctors to the house, and this is the first time you're going to see her now with the full makeup and the uh, contact lenses and all of that stuff that makes her look so so um, horrific. Um, but Carl, the house, you know the, the yeah, the, like a housekeeper. Housekeeper yeah. says it wants no straps. Mm. He's standing at the door because he strapped her wrists, and that's the first time. Anybody has referred to Reagan as an it. Right. It wants no straps. The I thought was like, oh my God, that's so creepy. Yeah. This little girl has now become an it. It's, it's an a it. thing. It's not a kid anymore.
0: I love the contrast. And, and again, we were talking about, you know, what a great choice it was to use this like very sweet, very childish girl yeah. as the host for this demon because she is so cute little linda blair right. is, is adorable she's yeah. like those big cheeks yep little nose yep. and her you know cute little hair cute little outfits and you know i would love to just see a pull up two photos a side by side of how she begins in the movie and then once she gets possessed because it is incredible right to see her transformation right and how right. how and, and even you know before the exorcism starts slowly slowly you can see this progression her skin is grayer right the the bags under her eyes are deeper she just becomes so much you know Angrier and dulled in appearance, right? And it is, it is in the the power of this um, makeup that they use in this film right. is really incredible,
1: right? And you know, and I also find it really interesting, and I love this that there is never any explanation as to why the demon came, no. why it possessed her, um, what its purpose was, yeah. And um, as far as we know, when you know, she ends up killing um, Father. You know the, the the Exorcist who comes and performs the old doctor. She ends up killing him. Yeah. And when Father Karras walks into the room at the end and sees that doctor, the I mean that priest laying on the floor dead, he gets really angry. Yeah. And he starts to choke. Uh, yeah. Choke her. Choke. Um, you know the devil. Yes. It says, "Come into me. Take yes. me. Come into me." And you see him change mm-hmm. for a moment and then he's fighting it again, that like good versus evil. And he, then you see himself come back again and he jumps out the window
0: to save,
1: to save the little girl, to save the
0: little girl. Right. And yeah, that's a really the, the dynamic between the demon and father Karis. Yeah. Between the demon and father Karis is so important and so fascinating before the exorcism starts, there's this great um, conversation between the two of them. Um, Regan is tied to the bed, and he, there is, it's kind of almost just sort of, like, almost playful banter between uh, the demon and, and the father. Yeah. And he says, the demon says something like, it's a great day for an exorcism. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good line. <laughs> it's a great day for an exorcism, and, and um father cares, goes, well, why? And he goes... Um, it'll bring us closer together. And he says, oh, you and Reagan? He goes, no, you and I. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That is such an effective conversation. It's right. such an effective line. And you see it play out. Yes, it actually happens. It actually happens. And yeah. in the end, it they it does bring them together. Yeah. It literally brings them together. Right. Right. And what Father Karras does in, in that such a quick, powerful moment when the demon then transfers from Reagan into him and he immediately jumps out the window to sacrifice himself to protect Reagan and protect the rest of the people involved is the greatest show of faith. Right. He, he fully succumbs to his beliefs. Yeah. It's, it's, you know i guess you know and and it's it's really horrific the death is you know he's stumbling down the stairs he falls out the window and he breaks his neck and there's blood everywhere but it's really beautiful yeah and kind of poetic
1: right because he leaves the little girl upstairs in the corner back to herself crying for her mother yes and the mother walks in hesitant yeah because she's not sure is it her girl is this a trick yeah and then goes over
0: yeah yeah and uh and he did his job he did his job. he did exactly what he wanted he needed to do. yeah
1: right. right And this is someone who actually really didn't even believe that it could possibly be the the devil no
0: he didn't he didn't believe in exorcisms uh, when the when um Chris first asks him right. um, you know how do I how do I?" um go about go about ex- getting an exorcism he says like time travel back to the 1400s because yeah. no one does that anymore right. i know as much as you do right. and even with that he he ends up doing it right. even without a a great deal of faith backing him personal faith backing him without a great deal of knowledge of exorcisms without even really maybe truly believing that this even is a demon demons right. even exist that right. that an exorcism could work he does it right and not only does that bring him back to the Faith that he lost, the sort of realization that he needed, he saved everybody. Right. He saved the day. Right. Right. It's a very triumphant ending. It's sort of it is, horrible yeah. and, and dark as it is, it's a it's a really satisfying and triumphant ending. Like right.
1: because she survives. The girl survives. Yes. But there is that part where uh he starts to believe because when she mentions about his mother, um, remember he goes down and says to um to the the mom, did you know that my mother died recently? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, mom, no, I didn't. He went, no, I mean, did your daughter know? Yeah. And she's like, no, not at all. Why? He's like, nothing. Yeah, right. Because right. how, how, how then how did she know to use that voice and to, to, you know, to get under his skin about that?
0: Yeah, and he was testing the demon prior to that, if I'm recalling correctly. So he was asking um, what his...
1: Mother's maiden, mother's maiden name is, and the demon wasn't yeah middle yeah. name
0: or maiden name the demon was not answering right so I'm sure at that moment and it's never said but I'm sure at that moment he was thinking like alright this is a kid who's having some some serious problems right, right. Who's, who's claiming to have these powers who's claiming to have this knowledge clearly doesn't and then yeah all of a sudden we see that yeah absolutely the the demon for lack of a better term flexes on Father Karras yeah and proves that yeah it has it has these abilities it has its powers and we'll use them and you know there's like no regard there's no there's no um you said it there seems to be no uh goal right. for this demon right other than to get father Karis
1: yeah I mean in some ways because now is also you know it's not just the devil. Mm-hmm. in there it's he, he constantly devils constantly says in here with us
0: yes us yes.
1: and i think that even when you hear the voices it's a number of voices like there's a number of lost souls in there mm. and he pulls you know because even actually what he says to bring us closer together and when father Kara says you and reagan and he says no you and us
0: oh is that right yeah That is, that, I did not, I did not pick up on that. It is you and us. Yeah, It is you and us. And yeah, I think that is an important thing to note that it is not just a demon and that is established. It is the devil.
1: Yes, the devil himself. And even Father Karis says, this is not, she doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. But like, when you think about it, what 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 is the difference? What is the difference? What is the difference? It's evil. There's something really, there's an evil entity.
0: I guess with the, with the positioning of the devil, it would be the utmost manifestation of evil. Right, be the most evil and perhaps the most powerful, and that's why it's an us rather than an I. It's yeah. not a singular demon, but it's it is it is all evil. Right, it is all right. demons, right. and we do get we do get the name of the the demon, correct? Do we? I believe that. Well, we 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 do know what it is because when they're in Iraq, yeah, we see that statue. Right. And that is a real um, god. An ancient, like an ancient Mesopotamian god uh-huh. called Pazuzu. Ah. And it is, it is yeah, it's real. It's not wow. just from the film. But... Um, I'm
1: glad I got you that education.
0: Yeah, thank you for paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> paying for that good old private education, Mom. I learned so much. Um, it's from Google, but I appreciate it anyway. <laughs> and and whatever that is is how this entity has transferred into reagan right through this discovery and through this there is that moment this sort of exchange when they're in iraq yeah and he sees the the statue and it's a a static statue it doesn't move doesn't say anything right but it it's somehow alive you can tell that there is some kind of energy in it. It's kind of looking at him. It's stone, but it's right. like there and very present. And that that is somehow the form of this right demon, right? Um, but of course, you know, and I think that you can look into this movie, and and you can you can kind of break down this movie forever. There's it, a lot
1: of elements. Yeah. There's even you know the idea that Carl who works for the mom, who works for Chris. Yes. Uh, might be a Nazi war criminal.
0: Oh, what is this now?
1: No, remember the, um, when the, they're having that party. Yes. At Chris's house and the director is calling him a Nazi bastard. Yes, and, that's uh, right. That's you know, right he in says, the kitchen. I'm Swiss or I don't know what he says, but, but I mean, I, he got this. The director, who is a drunk, I mean, he could have yes. just, just been babbling, but you know, I don't think it's there accidentally. Something about that he may be a Nazi.
0: Wow, yeah, well-
1: and that you know, but of course, Carl's not the one who's killed by the demon, it's the director who's right. ultimately killed by right. the demon, and you know, oh. but there's that other like element of like you know, evil.
0: So, you think that, yeah, so, so now yeah so there's a very real life evil right with the supernatural evil right and do you think perhaps i don't know if you were alluding to this but that because he is if if he were to be a nazi war criminal a real life evil that that would almost protect him yes yeah wow that is a fascinating i so so and and like you said he was drunk and rambling and in my interpretation it was just that right there was no really truth behind it. It was just a right, sort of an know. attack. We don't know. It could have been that. Yeah. But it doesn't seem that the director would add that conversation had it had it had no purpose. Right. For
1: no reason. Why
0: would you call somebody a Nazi yeah. if they had no backing, even yeah. if you were just a, a rambling drunk? Right. So that is a really fascinating right. little anecdote.
1: Yeah. It's just another element of like, you know, because this is all about good and evil. There's like, you know, the idea of this real life evil Mm -hmm. that evil does exist yeah good and evil does exist yeah this is not just a you know
0: supernatural concept yeah it is a very real thing and and of course and it is it is true in the sense that the most good would come in the form of reagan right she's never done anything wrong in her life yeah yeah innocence personified as we said that is a really fascinating idea to to dwell on i i not only had I never thought about that, but I don't even think I've ever heard of that. I don't know if that's common knowledge, if that's something that people... I don't know.
1: I just made it up right now.
0: <laughs> you may have just made it up right now, but that is a really interesting thing to consider. And I don't think that that would have been unintentional, right. that conversation. Right. I must have just not picked up on... There was nothing unintentional.
1: Yeah. After I saw the movie, and of course was terrified, Yes. Uh, then I read the book.
0: Really? Yes. Okay.
1: And uh, again, absolutely terrifying I could not put it down and I could not turn my lights off for nights afterwards, even after I saw the movie. Yeah.
0: Was there, was there anything that you can recall from the book that either was, you know, different from the movie or that wasn't added in the movie, elements of the book that were scarier? Or... You know,
1: honestly, I can't remember, but I know that the book is pretty thick. There yeah. was a lot more in there. Yeah. That was a great book. Yeah. Um you know, even taking it on to turn that into a movie was quite a feat. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. I'm sure. Well, and for a number of reasons. I mean, not only I'm sure is I and I have to say I have never read the book. Don't act surprised. But <laughs> um, to adapt a very dense book into right. a film to adapt, I'm sure, a very controversial book into a film right. to adapt a very controversial book into a very controversial film.
1: Right. That. Which, which then went on to become like nominated for best Picture, best actor, best, which is very rare for a classic horror movie, but this is not classic. Not necessarily, this is no. a this is a story. yeah. this is a story first, yeah, and a scary story at that, but it is a story first, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like what you say about it. It was known it was nominated. It was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. how you can count on your on one hand how many, Horror movies are 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 uh, were nominated for right. uh, an Oscar. Yeah, and I believe, if I'm correct in saying this, it is still. I mean, it's one of the highest grossing films of all time, and I believe it's the highest grossing, at least the highest grossing horror movie that Warner Brothers has ever put out.
1: Probably, I don't know exactly, but I know it was it was extremely successful, and then spawned, you know, Exorcist two, II, Exorcist three, and you know, not a, a lot of uh, other um,
0: I mean, the whole possession genre, yeah. has to have, um, has to have. And I mean, it, it owes it owes everything to this movie, yeah. Because yeah. I
1: can't remember of one ever before it of, of of demonic possession. And you know, this was based on a true story.
0: No, I didn't know yes,
1: that. It was a little boy
0: in the United States.
1: Um, I think in my, I want to say Portugal, mm, okay. but it was based on a little boy, true story um that that uh, william peter Blatty wrote the book interesting um, yeah and um like unlike a lot of horror movies which are like let's figure out let's wrap a story around the scary mm-hmm. this was scary interwoven into a story so it's That's- not just a vehicle for scary
0: absolutely absolutely and it's rare and it's rare to find that now and and truly the best horror movies are structured like that right are great movies that are also scary right not scary movies and we'll deal with plot and characters and and atmosphere later yes and let's quickly
1: get to the scary this builds up
0: this builds up and i love what you're saying you were saying a little bit earlier how when the movie starts for a good like 20 minutes yeah. It does not feel like a horror movie.
1: No. The only thing that you that the as soon as you get to um ge- um to um Georgetown, right, you see Chris, the mom, yes. come out and there's some kind of clattering going up in the in the loft above her. Yes. And she comes down and says, I think there's rats. Yeah. And Carl, the perhaps Nazi yeah. says, No, there's no rats. Uh and she's like, Well, I heard it yeah and he's like something else she's like or oh, maybe rats go set traps
0: right of course and even then though in there's no like today if they remade this movie or yeah. you know any horror movie they would be a some sort of fake out jump scare yeah. or you know just it would it would it wouldn't play out the same right and for that reason it wouldn't have been nearly as effective right this slow burn this right. build up it and it and the way that it completely pays off, though, yeah. and that's the other thing you have to know is that it is a truly terrifying movie, yeah. and there are some real scares in there. Yeah. Right. It's not it's not about nuance and subtlety whatsoever. Right. No, it, right. it builds up, and we we you know grow very attached to the characters. We grow yeah. very attached to the storyline. We understand what's going on, why everything's here. You know, um, kind of like well, we don't really have answers per se, but we we. We understand where we are and what we're doing. Right. And then we get the scares and it makes it so much more worth it.
1: Right. Well, how about even like the camera work on when uh, when Chris is having that party and uh, most of the people have gone. Um, now they're just standing on the piano. Yes. Playing and yep. singing and the camera... Like uh, you know, Reagan just suddenly appears. The camera pulls back, and Mm -hmm. Reagan just appears, her back in front of the camera, and everyone stops and turns and looks at her. We never see her face. Yeah, and she just says to the astronaut, "Correct, you're gonna die up there." Yeah, and then she pees on the floor. Yeah, like how creepy is that? Very creepy. And that's all that happens. And that's all that happens. The mom is like, "Oh my god." I'm so sorry, everyone. She's been sick.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. what
1: the hell is going on here? So it's just like that kind of stuff, which is what you would expect to happen. Yeah. It wouldn't go from, you know, zero to 90. You'd go to one
0: and then two and then three, right? Yeah. And we see it and we see it in in a, different ways. We see it in the appearance of Reagan, like we were right. saying earlier. We see it in sort of the escalation of... Um, procedure taken to help her get better you know taking yeah. her to doctor for a quick checkup then going into these you know right. kind of um invasive treatments and then going into the exorcism we see it in the appearance of chris going from this really beautiful kind of like fun um actress to this very beaten down right um anguished woman right we see that we see it with with uh father Karis.
1: right right because the first time we see father caris he's laughing he's watching chris act because there's like there's they're they're shooting a scene right there's a bunch of people watching as would happen and he's there watching she has this funny exchange with the director Mm -hmm. and he's laughing along with everyone else yeah and walks away she doesn't they don't know each other right but she has seen him Mm -hmm. and he has seen her and when she's desperate after she's exhausted all the doctors, all the psychiatry medication, she does not know what else to do, and she goes to see Father Karras. Yeah, and says, "I think my daughter needs a priest." Yeah.
0: yeah, um, and I'm so glad you you picked this movie of all movies. One because I think that nobody else could talk about it the way that you can. Clearly, um,
1: I've seen it many times.
0: <laughs> could you could you even ballpark how many times you've seen this movie?
1: I'm gonna. I'm going to ballpark maybe.
0: In in reality, maybe twenty. That's still <laughs> yeah. That's still something. Yeah, that's over still over the, the year. I mean,
1: 1973 was a long time ago. It was a
0: long time ago, but twenty times to see movie. I mean, clearly that I, I would yeah. consider you uh, upwards of an expert on this. But you know, and not only is it a great horror movie, it's a great scary movie. It's a really well-crafted movie.
1: It's a very well-crafted movie. I mean, William Friedkin is a legit mm-hmm. director. Yes. He went on to do, you know, French Connection and um a number of other like, you know, he's a he's a a, a great director. And, and Ellen Burstyn was already a, a very established a star. actress yeah.
0: still acts to this day. Yep. And if I'm not mistaken, is this William Friedkin's only horror movie?
1: Um he did another movie I believe called The Sorcerer. Sorcerer is not horror though. It isn't. No,
0: and and that's an interesting that's an interesting point. Um you may like know him. you may know him David my father
1: yes I do know him well <laughs> <laughs>
0: him and I watched sorcerer together and from the name you would immediately assume that it right. was some sort of supernatural movie but it's not it's more of a crime movie and <sighs> and from what he's told me um was that it um a lot of people after after seeing The Exorcist were so excited for another William Friedkin horror right, movie. Right. Went to the theater to saw it and were really disappointed. Right. Sorcerer's a great movie though. Uh yeah. and not to get too off topic, but right. just another William Friedkin. Right. Um it's it's pretty underrated from what I understand. Right. Um, but great score. Right. Interesting movie. Of course, speaking of score, that yeah. you know, the tubular
1: bells. <laughs> the tubular bells. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. do, do, do. Every time I hear that that music, it just it sends shivers.
0: Yeah, if we're going to talk about, and if we're going to talk about um, famous horror movie scores, yeah, um, The Exorcist, of course, one of the most known. It's a it's a beautiful little piece of music. It fits well, and I think it's it's hard to um, almost it's, it's almost difficult to talk about because you cannot hear this piece of music without thinking right. about The Exorcist. Yeah, nobody knows this piece of music without thinking about the exorcist i swear you know there's there's a lot of music you can kind of listen to without seeing the film and say oh this is you know and and technically say this is a beautiful piece of music it's beautiful for these reasons it's effective for these reasons but this piece of music is for this movie yeah it's integrated into this movie it exists because of this movie the movie exists because of this piece of music Yeah. yeah it's fantastic it's really effective um it's, it's as effective as as you know the halloween theme and the jaws theme yeah even more so
1: absolutely yeah
0: that's that's the sort of category i'd put it in yep absolutely so yeah.
1: good movie isn't it
0: i would say so yeah. i would say the exorcist is perhaps even one of the best yeah i had such a pleasure watching it with you um and you know in and all my life watching horror movies with you and watching horror movies without you but With you in my heart, thinking about horror movies, I don't think any of this would be happening right now had it not been for you and had it not been for your influence growing up, Um, watching all of the Hitchcock movies together, watching Psycho and The Birds, and then watching you know this and and Rosemary's Baby, of course, being one of my favorites that that you showed me as a child. Um, All of that just so greatly informed my interest. There's
1: a there's a common thread. Through all of these movies, which are uh, they are really good <laughs> movies that happen to be very very that scary, to be very, very scary. But like, uh, like it's hard for me personally to separate the two because yeah. it's not scary if it isn't based in some kind of realism. Yeah. You know, if it's a, a, you know, kind of like a cartoonish, it's not scary. Um, Even if there are a number of boos, even if the effects are great. But when it's based in like this could really happen, Mm -hmm. the the, the birds really could attack like this. (laughs) Like this is believable. Yeah. No one understands it. No one believes it, but it's happening. That's when it becomes really scary. And that's what The Exorcist does.
0: That's very well said. That's very well said. Um, Well, is there anything you'd like to um, remark before we...
1: Um, uh, just that I'm very, very proud of you for doing this and picking this subject. I'll take it as a, (laughs) as a, as a personal accomplishment.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Well, um, it was such a pleasure to have you here today to talk about The Exorcist, one of the best horror movies ever made, one of the scariest horror movies ever made. Well, since you've seen this movie so many times, would you like to leave us with a quote, your favorite quote from the film? Uh, I don't know if it's a favorite quote,
1: but it's one I, I... I know very well. Uh, and it's not only in the movie, but then the demon says it again. Okay. Father, can you help an old altar boy? Oh. <laughs> Father, I'm a Catholic.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's, that was that was good. That's a good one. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for coming today and for talking with me about The Exorcist. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. And thank you to everyone for uh, tuning in today. This has been your favorite scary movie, and we'll talk again soon.